Welcome to the Fantasy Football Show. Now, unlike uh, some other organizations, we do allow copious amounts of drinking here. The show to tune to for fantasy football knowledge. So if any of you took Doug Martin early, there are flasks over there on the table. It's the Fantasy Football Show with Jeff Meller. Dear Lord, please help homeless friends understand that make-believe computer football is no excuse for using the internet to be mean. This is the Fantasy Football Show on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN 1000, ESPN Chicago app, and 100.3 HD2. Well, good Sunday morning to you. Week 6 is indeed upon us. Underway after the Bucks took care of the Philadelphia Eagles on Thursday Night Football. I have a few thoughts on that game before we get out of this segment. But if you're just joining us and uh, you are new to the show, well, welcome. This is the Fantasy Football Show. I'm Jeff Meller, 312-332-3776. That's the number you need to know if you'd like to participate. You bounce your fantasy football question off of me, and I, in return, try and give you the best advice I can to help you get your Win in your fantasy football matchup this week. You can also hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Jeff underscore Meller. That's M-E-L-L-E-R. The Fantasy Football Show is presented by Twin Peaks, Eats, Drinks, Scenic Views. And uh, now that everything is out of way, let's get it all going here. It's time to get things underway on the Fantasy Football Show. Jeff Meller gets it going with First and ten. So this is where I run through the first most important thing of the day and then ten more quick notes that I think every fantasy football player out there should probably be aware of. First and foremost, came down Friday afternoon. Nick Chubb is out for the Cleveland Browns today. So that means that Kareem Hunt, who also missed quite a few days of practice this week but was back in a limited capacity on Friday, will see an increased workload. Kevin Stefanski, the Browns head coach, told Tom Pelissaro that he told him this yesterday. Look, Kareem Hunt is a bit banged up, but he's going to get more work than his usual. And um, But Stefanski said, keep in mind, I don't want to kill Kareem. So that's good news. I don't know how we decipher exactly what that means for touches. I think the real takeaway here is, and probably not that you weren't anyway, Kareem Hunt is a lock, must be in your lineup. Uh, fielded a couple questions uh, over the last few hours about uh, Dominic Fenton and the possibility of him being a RB2 for the Browns and the initial response to that is uh, let's just slow our roll just a bit. Uh, I'm sorry, I said Demetric Felton is a more of a pass catcher above anything else, so I don't think you want to go ahead and use him unless you're absolutely desperate in the 16-team type league. Otherwise, probably not worth utilizing him, but of course, Kareem Hunt is locked and loaded and ready to go. Touchdown! Touchdown! 
So this came down yesterday afternoon. Christian McCaffrey has been placed on injured reserve by the Panthers, which means that he's going to be out for at least another three games after already having missed the last two with that hamstring injury. He's no longer eligible to return until week nine. It's not retroactive like in baseball. So that means that Christian McCaffrey owners are going to be without his services for the next three weeks. Chuba Hubbard, come on down. Go ahead and feel free to use him in your starting lineup. He hasn't been able to push those touchdowns through. But last week, he was a little bit more encouraging in terms of workload. So with the number of touches that he's likely to see, he's somebody who I think you have to have in your starting lineup for most teams out there. Ah, Baltimore. So... What we know is that Sammy Watkins is out, which means Rashad Bateman is going to make his debut for the Ravens today. I don't think you want to start Bateman, but what I will say is with Lamar Jackson's improved passing numbers, that Bateman is somebody who is worth considering adding if he's not already on a roster in your league. Aside from that, again, nothing too actionable about this. Hopefully we're past the day and age where people were relying on Sammy Watkins. He will continue to do so if they give an opportunity. Hand it off. Williams, spin move to the end zone. Touchdown, Chicago. Damien Williams, as everybody here in Chicago is probably well aware at this point, has been placed on the COVID-19 list, which means that Artavis Pierce has been elevated from the practice squad. But what it truly means is that Khalil Herbert is in line for a big work day today. I think Herbert is somebody you can certainly consider starting. Plug him into your lineup. Would expect him to see about 20 touches against the Packers. Problem is that the Packers are a fairly stout front four, and so that's going to be a difficult proposition for Herbert today. But with the number of touches that we expect to see, I think it's worth considering. And I imagine we'll probably have a lot of listeners today who are asking some Khalil Herbert-related questions. Of course, as always, it is a close to, it's week six, it's 8.06, we're 24 minutes out. From the old Jacksonville Jaguars and Miami Dolphins in London. So in London, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, I am watching the pregame show right now. Do we have any real takes about this? James Robinson, make sure he's locked into your lineup. Outside of that, Maybe the question is about Miles Gaskin. I will say Miles Gaskin finally got back into the mix for the Dolphins last week. He was primarily the pass catching running back. So in PPR leagues, you can consider using Gaskin. But I will say that I think that was primarily a focus of the matchup against the Bucks last week. Nobody really wants to run on the Bucks defense and the Dolphins abandoned it fairly quickly. And Miles Gaskin was receiving quite a few dump offs from Jacoby Brissett. Two was back under center for the Dolphins today. And so all of this is my way of saying that I don't think Miles Gaskin is in store for nearly the day he had last week. And again, that was really, in my opinion, only a great play if you used him in PPR formats and non PPR formats. I think you can certainly feel free to leave Miles Gaskin on the bench. Outside of that, You know, Trevor Lawrence, maybe you're considering using him because of the bye weeks that have rolled around now at this point. It's a possibility, I I guess, especially with uh, the Dolphins without two of their starting cornerbacks. So maybe Trevor Lawrence is is somebody worth noting and Marvin Jones as well. But I think I've said it numerous times now, the London games 
never know quite what you're going to get with the body clock situation. These players are, you know, having flown over seas. It's a tough ask of them, so you never know quite what you're going to get. So unless you're talking absolute studs here, I generally try to avoid messing around with the game, if at all possible. Led the NFL in drops with 11 drops, and that was really more of just a good defense. He's got Williams deep on third and 10. You can kiss him goodbye. Touchdown, 72 yards. Wow. Wow is right, Kevin Harlan on CBS. Mike Williams has been absolutely devastating to anybody who's playing him this year in fantasy football. He's been an absolute find, finally living up to that top 10 pick billing that the Chargers invested in him. And all it took was having an elite quarterback finally use his talents. Justin Herbert has been using him. He's, for the most part, in most fantasy uh, scoring formats, he's one of the top two wide receivers out there. So he's a must start. He was on the injured injury report this week, but he's expected to play. So that is good news for anybody who's been relying on Mike Williams so far because he uh, is expected to play today. Slashing. Damian Harris takes it all the way for the touchdown. Patriots are right back in it. All right. So this just came down from Adam Schefter, Damian Harris, and Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, both playing in that game today at 325, Cowboys and Patriots. Damien Harris is expected to go. He's going to be somebody who I imagine a lot of people are going to have questions about. I don't don't love the matchup. Don't love the way the Patriots have been playing the last few weeks. But he's a starting running back who you know has been seeing the most number of touches. He did fumble again last week. Now I don't know if that was a direct result of the rib injury or if it was you know just the fact that he's had a hard time. Hanging on to the football, he seems like for some for some reason, whatever reason, he hasn't been put in the doghouse like Patriots running backs have in the past when Bill Belichick has been the coach. And so maybe you can like he he seems like he has some special abilities as a running back, and I can maybe that's why Bill Belichick has been giving him a little bit longer leash. But he is somebody who was questionable all week, but it sounds like he's going to play today. And it's good news to get that early because, again, that's a 325 game. So if you were relying upon Damian Harris, it looks like you can go ahead and use him this week. This offensive line eat right now by Mahomes. Whoa. Underhanded toss for the touchdown. Edwards Elaire. And put it on the highlight reel. All right, so Edwards Alaire, of course, placed on injured reserve as well this past week, which means that Daryl Williams and primarily Daryl Williams, Jarek McKinnon, also someone worth noting, if he's out there in your league and you have a roster spot you can play around with, I would go ahead and add Jarek McKinnon. I do expect Daryl Williams to see the most number of touches in the backfield, but Jarek McKinnon is somebody who in the past has, you know, had lead back status, and when he's been healthy, he's been productive. And in that offense, it's very intriguing, even though nobody has really you know, taken it and run with it since Kareem Hunt. There's a chance that I think Jarek McKinnon is worth having on your roster today so that if for some reason Andy Reid likes what he sees throughout the game, if Jarek McKinnon gives him a little bit more explosive element in the pass game. And, you know, I, I think McKinnon's – what I really like about Jarek McKinnon, at least from – past seasons prior to injuries maybe you know sapping some of his ability I always liked him in the screen game Andy Reid in the past has been one of the best designers of screens in football however Patrick Mahomes he doesn't run as nearly as many screens as he used to so I don't know if it's you know the possibility of McKinnon being you know 
a more vital role in their offense is there. But I think he's someone who's worth adding to your roster just to kind of see how today's game plays out without Edwards Allaire on the active roster today. Three points if they can't come away with a touchdown is huge. Over nine to go. End zone. Metcalf. Touchdown. Geno. Geno Smith will get the starts tonight as the Seahawks take on the Pittsburgh Steelers at Heinz Field. Good news, DK Metcalf removed from the injury report on Friday, so he's ready to go. And I would say if you're concerned, you know what? DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, still too good in terms of players and their ability not to use. Geno Smith looked somewhat productive when he got in the game last Thursday night against the Rams. So I'm encouraged by that. DK Metcalf, just too good a specimen not to use. He's an absolute beast. You got to use him. Don't be, don't overthink it and say, okay, Geno Smith, you can't trust him. Because, again, he looked somewhat solid in his uh, first time playing in a long time last Thursday night against the Rams. First and goal from the five. Hurts keeps wide open. Touchdown, Zach Hurts. What a nice answer by Philadelphia. That was the farewell swan song for Zach Ertz. He scores a touchdown in his final game on Thursday night as the Eagles go down to the Bucks. Good news for Zach Ertz as he is going to have an opportunity to resume his career and be somewhat productive. Now, the Arizona Cardinals go out and acquire him in a trade on Friday after Max Williams was lost for the season earlier this week. So it makes sense why they would go ahead and grab him. I think Zach Ertz is, listen, he's probably owned in most leagues simply because of the Dallas Goddard COVID situation. A lot of people turned to Zach Ertz on Thursday, recognizing that the role for him was likely to be increased. So I don't know if he's available in your league. If you have a a league that's not very active and perhaps he is dangling out there on the wire, he's somebody worth considering grabbing this week as your waiver wires run because I do think the opportunity in that Arizona Cardinals offense could be productive for him. I don't ever expect him to go back to the days when he was catching 100-plus passes for the Eagles. But again, just getting out of Philly is encouraging for him because now he will be uh, the starting tight end, even though it's going to be in an offense that throws to the tight end second least in the NFL. They are productive, and I think the touchdowns could come for Zach Ertz. And in that regard, if you're someone who's looking for a tight end, that is productive. Uh, another uh, Eagles highlight really quick before we wrap up. Hurts, touchdown, Philadelphia. He had two rushing touchdowns last week or on Sunday. He's got two tonight. Uh, Jalen Hurts, boy, let's talk about this because I saw Matthew Berry tweet about how Jalen Hurts, you know, is the only quarterback in fantasy football who's I think every week been a top 12 player and it's undeniable that what he does on the ground is going to save you in fantasy football most weeks. However, however, if you watch that game, I've been watching Jalen Hurts now since last season when he got onto the field. And if you watch it closely, you can see he's missing throws left and right. He, him, his ability to run keeps drives alive, but the Eagles were out of that game 28-7 to before they were able to score a couple touchdowns in the second half to get back in it and make it look respectable. The problem is with Jalen Hurts, relying on him in fantasy. As long as he's starting, I guess you can go ahead and use him. But at some point, you have to ask the question, 
will he be benched for Gardner Minshew? And I know that's that may seem like silly, but I just don't think an NFL head coach like Nick Sirianni can continue to rely on Jalen Hurts week after week if they're going to be losing some football games and he's continually missing open wide receivers. Devontae Smith had a couple good weeks prior to Thursday night. Finally, when you thought you might be able to trust him in the passing game, Jalen Hurts goes out and does that. So I will say Jalen Hurts, productive for fantasy purposes, but I don't know if there's ever been a wider disparity in terms of actual production on the field versus what he's giving you in fantasy. Ride it while it's hot, but I would be concerned about using Hurts week after week, especially as the season continues to roll. My advice here, if anybody wants Jalen Hurts in your league, if they come a calling or if you can kind of start shopping him quietly, go ahead and move him before things get disastrous because I think you can play off of those fantasy numbers, but I don't trust them in the long term. All right, 312-332-3776. Plenty of time for your calls, your dilemmas. We'll do that next here on ESPN 1000. The Fantasy Football Show with a guru of fantasy football, Jeff Meller. Dial us up at 312-332-ESPN. That's 312-332-3776. This is The Fantasy Football Show on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000 and 100.3 HD2. Last reminder here, about probably three or four minutes away until your lineup locks for the Dolphins and Jaguars in London. So go ahead and make sure that uh, you have any of those players out of your lineup. I say out because I think that's probably more realistic if you wanted to go ahead and start them. So make sure they are removed from your lineup because of that London affair. Again, just another dog game. Week after week in London, it's always a bad game. It's no fun. Actually, Roger Sherman of The Ringer wrote an interesting piece breaking down why exactly these games tend to be brutal matchups. I thought it was fairly interesting and did a good job of explaining exactly why. So worth checking out if you're interested in that. This is the Fantasy Football Show presented by Twin Peaks. I'm Jeff Meller, 312-332-3776. Time to go out and take your phone calls. Let's try TJ, who's downtown. TJ, what's going on, man? What up, guys? Good morning. Good morning. All right. I got a flex question. T. Higgins, Tim Patrick, Sterling Shepard, or Tyler Higby? And how you need one or two there, TJ? I just need one. I have uh, Tyreek Hill and Mike Williams in my other slot. Perfect. You're in good shape there. Uh, I like T. Higgins. Uh, Tim Patrick's interesting, but uh, T. Higgins, to me, I like him and Jamar Chase. Seems like Tyler Boyd. Not in the mix nearly as much uh, when T. Higgins is active. So I like uh, going to T. Higgins because uh, that big body, when they get down in the red zone, he's somebody I think Joe Burrow is looking to right now. Yeah. Of course, Jamar Chase, exactly. you know, he's, he's explosive and he's got the big playability, which I think bodes well and gives T. Higgins more of an opportunity to, to uh, also take advantage of the underneath stuff. So I like T. Higgins there, Tej. One more quick question. Does Zach Ertz get double points if he plays today? Great question. I'm glad you brought it up. So he is actually not eligible to play today, TJ. That is a league. There's a league rule where he is not. Once you play in the week, you cannot play a second week. I think it occurred one other time previously, but obviously it's a very rare occurrence. But anybody who was maybe holding out hope, they might get a get a little uh, double bonus from Zach Ertz. That is not going to be the case. He is not eligible to play. Let's try Nathan, who's out in Burbank. What's up, Nate? Hey, good morning, Jeff. Great show. Thanks. Hey, I got uh, two fast either-ors, PPR league. Fire away. Uh, 
Rogers or Heineke. <sighs> so this is, yeah. you know, like I, I can understand the appeal to wanting to roll with Taylor Heineke against the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, that defense has been just awful. But, right, a sieve. But I, I, listen, this is my own personal philosophy is there's, a, there's just a certain line of de- demarcation of stud players who I will not bench. You know, when I have them, I, I, I understand I, to myself, I make this promise when I draft them, I'm not going to play the matchups with certain players. It, you know, it shifts maybe at a certain point in the season I may, but Aaron Rodgers for me is too good. There's too many opportunities where or he's just gone for five or six touchdowns in his career too many right, times. Right. History show. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's like he's way underperforming this year, though. Uh, you know, he's still, he's been, let, let, look, look at his stats on a week-by-week basis. Outside of that first week against the Saints, he's been productive. Now, maybe, you know, in fantasy terms, like, he's not running a, nearly as much as he has in the past, and so maybe the stats right. are down a little bit. I just think there's a level of consistency, though, for Aaron Rodgers that I feel comfortable with when I'm playing fantasy that I don't have yeah. with Taylor Heineke. So even though the matchup looks really good, I wouldn't be it's surprised tough. at all if, you know, for whatever reason, Heineke has a, a complete awful game if the Chiefs jump out early. And for whatever reason, you know, things don't go the way we expect. You know, just because it's gone poorly for the Chiefs, you know, for the first five weeks doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to continue. I, I just don't trust Taylor Heineke enough to, to bench yeah. Aaron Rodgers in his favor. I understand okay. your thought process, but me personally, I don't play fantasy that way because it's you'll, you'll get burned too often when you try and play the matchups with stud players okay i'll roll with that uh daryl williams or khalil herbert so in this situation i would go ahead and use daryl williams i think he is going to be the even though i talked about Jarek mckinnon a little bit earlier nate he's somebody who i think will is likely to see the most touches on the field and khalil herbert didn't catch the ball last week and even though He's a you know he's in a good position today because he will be the featured back against the, the Packers. Their front four is pretty solid, so um, I would stay away from Khalil Herbert when you have Daryl Williams. Now, for other listeners out there, I may suggest using Herbert in other situations, but versus Daryl Williams, I would go ahead and use Daryl Williams today. Let's try Danny, who's in Humboldt Park. What's up, Danny? What's up, Miller? Go Bears! Bears. Um, Stafford or Dak Prescott? PPR. So, yeah, so in the PPR, you know, obviously doesn't matter with the quarterbacks. But I would say, Danny, I would use Stafford today. Uh, Dak, the problem for the Cowboys right now, if you're a Dak Prescott owner, is their path to victory is, you know, relying on that run game, which is doing quite well these days. And so, you know, I think the volume play here is Matt Stafford. And for Dak Prescott, even though he, you know, he's very capable I think Stafford is just more likely to see more opportunities to throw the ball. So um, I wouldn't be surprised at all, too, you know, with the Cowboys and Patriots. Belichick, it's just I'm always a little bit shy in terms of starting players if I have other good options. And, you know, that's a different situation from the previous caller. Matthew Stafford's a great option. He's, you know, close to stud. uh, He's close to having stud, you know, uh, labeling him a stud at this point as well. Versus Dak, so it's 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 not always just a straight. Oh, you can't. How did you say you can't bench Rodgers, but then you can bench Dak? Well, that's just a product of the options in this situation. Let's go on out to my man Mike in Mount Prospect. What's up, Mike? Hey, Jeff. Um, you know, I started off the season four and zero. I might not win another game. My three running backs I drafted: McCaffrey, Hilaire, and Gus Edwards. So I'm down to nothing. I got Daryl 
Williams I picked up. I got nothing left in my waiver bank, and I have uh, drafted also Devontae Williams. Okay. So Devontae Williams versus Daryl Williams. So, yeah, in this situation, uh, Mike, you know what? Just keep uh, grinding away, and like I said, yeah. you know, see what you can do. See if I think the best uh, – the previous point you brought up about having the uh, fab bank empty – Listen, week when you get to week six or seven, I don't think that's a terrible situation. What you you know, I assume you can still make zero dollar pickups, right, Mike? Yes. So yes, in that so. case, just try and be a little proactive. You're going to have to gamble a little bit more if you see a situation where a running back is getting a little more run. Try and just be a week ahead, if at all possible. You know, try and maybe utilize a roster spot so that if you can, you know, get ahead of the game and a guy does happen to go down, maybe you're fortunate enough to have him on your roster already. That's the way you just have the mind frame you have to be in once your fab is empty. I would use Daryl Williams this week over Devontae. I, listen, okay. Devontae's had a quite, there's been a few instances where I've been, I've had a Broncos game on. I've looked up, I've watched him have just a ridiculous run. And so the talent is certainly there, but the consistency right. is not. And he's in a straight platoon right now with Melvin Gordon. They're essentially rotating every series. Now, Gordon, you know, is dealing with a hip injury, so he's a little bit banged up, but he's expected to play today. So I think Daryl Williams, with the possibility of being the lead back today, is the play. I like Javante's, um, I'm sorry, I like the, uh, I like Williams's, you got two Williams's there. I like uh, Javante Williams's potential. But he has You're to be right. a little more consistent in the run game before I could say go ahead and use him over Daryl Williams today. Right. All right, I got Mike. the other Williams for the Bears too. So. <laughs> well, yes, yes. It's uh, a ton of Williams across the <laughs> oh, league. Oh my god! But, Everybody's uh, out. We'll uh, we'll figure right. we'll figure our way through it. Thanks as always, Mike. Appreciate you waking up early with me. Let's try another uh, friend of the show, Tom, who's in Bridgeport. What's up, Tom? Hey, Jeff. How you doing? How are you today? Good man. Uh, I needed two of these three. Uh, Marvin Jones, Tim Patrick, or Higgins. And then I got one more question. Would you cut Ryan Tannehill for Carson Wentz? All right. So I'm. So what I would say, Tom, is unfortunately Marvin Jones. Uh, that game has just. You know they're doing the national anthem. So hopefully he's not in your lineup. I don't know who's currently in there because he's right now locked out. I would start. Okay. I would so. Um, I would start Patrick and Higgins. But if it's if, if Jones is in your lineup and he's locked in, I would choose T. Higgins over Tim Patrick today. Okay, how about uh, Carson Wentz or Tannehill? Would you cut Tannehill for Carson Wentz? <sighs> That's interesting. I I would not personally. I would still ride it out with Ryan Tannehill a little bit longer. Julio Jones is expected to return tomorrow night, so you know if AJ Brown and Julio Jones are finally back. I w- like I just don't trust Carson Wentz enough right now to go ahead and utilize him because let's be honest like the numbers were pretty solid last week and I will say the good news is that TY Hilton is returning this week so maybe that's encouraging if you I guess if you wanted to roll the dice on Carson Wentz before the game starts today because of the return of TY Hilton I wouldn't be completely opposed to it I don't think the chances are that you're not going to completely regret cutting Ryan Tannehill, but I personally think I would still trust Tannehill a little bit more at this point over Wentz, so I wouldn't do it, but I wouldn't fight it too hard because I could see the potential upside with Wentz, but what I, the one thing is like, you know, Jonathan Taylor rips off a 70-plus yard touchdown screen last week, and you know, that really what didn't have a whole lot to do with what Car- Carson Wentz was doing, and then in the second half, even though they had the lead, he really didn't had his numbers the way you would have liked to have seen. So I'm not convinced yet that Carson Wentz is going to be a fantasy asset for you. 
moving forward. All right, 312-332-3776. I'm Jeff Miller. This is the Fantasy Football Show here on ESPN 1000. We do it every Sunday morning starting at 8 a.m. up till 9. So jump on in now if you want your question answered. The Fantasy Football Show is back with a guru of fantasy football, Jeff Meller. How's your lineup looking? It's not good. Dial us up at 312-332-ESPN. Like if I start him and then he doesn't play, I literally have nothing in the bank. i got no backup. That's 312-332-3776. This is the Fantasy Football Show on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Join the Twitch conversation. You can uh, do that. Uh, always there. All the live local shows are live on Twitch. And Tyler Aki informs me that we've got an international Twitcher who has a question. Up early, probably for up early for us in that London game, but uh, maybe it's late. Where's our international uh, Twitcher from, Tyler? Uh, did not say exactly where they're from, but Zoe does have a half PPR question. She's got three running backs to choose from, needs to pick two. Khalil Herbert, Joe Mixon, and Josh Jacobs. <sighs> this is all about risk tolerance and what you think you can handle because I want to... I, I personally would probably play Mixon and Jacobs. I would make sure that both are active. I think both are expected to be. Uh, the truth is, though, that Joe Mixon, you know, even though he was active last week, he took a backseat to Samaje Pirine dealing with, uh, because Mixon's dealing with the injury. But he did get out there and he did score a touchdown last week, so he may have salvaged his week for you. But Pirine is on the COVID list, so he will not play today. So I would probably go with Mixon and Jacobs on my roster, but if you want to play it a little bit safer, uh, Khalil Herbert is probably in line for a bigger number of touches today. So that's really about risk tolerance and where you feel comfortable going. I generally, though, try and uh, play my studs when possible, and I think I would roll with Mixon and Jacobs if it were my team. All right, uh, 312-332-3776. Like I said, go ahead and uh, follow us on Twitch and uh, become a part of the Twitchers. Uh, let's try Mike, who's in Glenwood, who has an interesting question. What's up, Mike? you got a Bills question for me here? Yes, sir. Good morning, Jeff. How are you? I'm doing well. How, you, how about you? Pretty good, pretty good. Listen, I've been uh, trying to fill this slot since uh, Jerry Judy went down earlier in the year, and uh, I've got uh, Cole Beasley here from Buffalo, uh, versus K. Tony from New York Giants. They're struggling to see which one I need to start here. So, and it's a PPR format, right? Yes, sir. So the PPR format is what makes it a little bit of a dilemma for me because I do think that Beasley is, has that safer floor. Although the last couple weeks with the emergence of both Dawson Knox and Emmanuel Sanders, Beasley hasn't been able to be as productive as he has been in the past. I am very intrigued by Kadarius Tony. He has that fast twitch muscle ability that seems very rare. And last week you saw, you know, 10 catches, 189 yards. They got him the ball. And I do think without Kenny Galladay yet again, I, I would use Kadarius Tony. I think the big playability is there for him. It's always possible, you know, Cole Beasley could have one of those, you know, eight or nine catch games. 
But I do think with the emergence of both Sanders and Knox, I would rather play Tony and his big playability. And I will say he is uh, listed as a game-time decision, but from, I think, Ian Rappaport earlier this morning said that he's expected to go. They're going to test it in the pregame. So as long as Kadarius Tony is active, I would use him. And uh, I, like I said, I've been really very intrigued by what he's been doing on the field. So I would go ahead and use him, Mike, over Cole Beasley if it was me. But again, that's a safety play too. Cole Beasley, probably good for four to five catches. And in a PPR format, sometimes you just want that safe play. Let's try Harry, who's in Schaumburg, who I believe it looks like has another Bills dilemma of his own. Yeah, how you doing? Good, Harry. So I have Stefan Diggs, and I understand your... Um you know, start your studs. Mm-hmm. And so I picked up Emmanuel Sanders, and now I have them both. Yes. So I'm tempted to start them both. Uh-huh. I'm tempted just to keep Diggs on the bench till till he does something. So, you well, know. What, what do you think the play is there? Yeah, like, like again, this is just, I'm, I'm not going to bench Stefan Diggs. He really is, you know, it's not like he has had a terrible week. He just, he's only got one touchdown. But if you go back two weeks ago, he went off against the Texans, you, you know, and he's, I'm looking at his targets right now. He's 13, 8, 10, 11. Now, he only had five targets last week, but he did have the 61-yard gainer, so he got you 69 yards. Nice. But no touchdown. So that's the big blow, right? Like, until he gets into the end zone, it's, he's not going to give you the numbers. But the truth be told, like, when they go out there, Stefan Diggs is the guy who really, I think, He's, you know, I can't tell you, you know, what if a team's going to devote all their attention to Stefan Diggs and make other guys beat them. The truth is, though, I have a, I believe it's better days are coming for Stefan Diggs because, as you can see, other guys are beating other teams when the Bills go to him. So I, I yeah. have to imagine yeah. Stefan Diggs is a better player right now in his career than Emmanuel Sanders. It's not that Emmanuel Sanders would is you not. Start, would you start them both? Who's your, who are you benching instead? That would be the only... Well, um, Debo Samuel is on a bye. Yes. So, and so, then so I yes, have, I, um, I would start both... I would start the the guy who's not on a bye, Harry. But who, who who's your other option? Who would, uh, who would you well, be I starting got, uh, instead uh, of Sanders? Hunter Henry, I can fill in in that spot as well. Oh, yeah. No, that's easy. Definitely ride Diggs and Sanders. That's not even... For me, do you want... You feel... The good thing is when you have an offense like the Bills, every look, everyone... We all kind of like envision this perfect scenario, right, where every guy on your roster goes for 100 yards and two touchdowns. And But the reality is that that's not going to happen week in and week out. When you have, though, a really good offense and you've got two pieces of that offense in Diggs and Sanders, chances are that if one of them, ha- you know, one of them has a big week, that'll be enough, hopefully, unless you do go against just a monster matchup. So I like having two guys on a good offense figure if I just start them week after week, I'll probably be okay and productive, pretty productive. If you just take, if you add their num- numbers together, divide them up by two, you'll probably be pretty happy with that production most weeks. So, yeah, I would definitely go ahead and use them both, especially over Hunter Henry. He mentioned the buys. In case you're unaware, uh, they do begin this week. We've got the Atlanta Falcons, New Orleans Saints, San Francisco 49ers, as Harry mentioned, and the New York Jets, who are all on buy this week. So, if that affects you, make sure you go ahead and make those lineup adjustments. Let's try Isaac who's out in Denver, Colorado. What's up, Isaac? Hey, good morning, Jeff. From What's going on? Denver. Love your show. Bummer about the Sox season ending, but I'm excited about next year, man. Excited. Um, so I have a quick question. I, I heard you talk about Miles Gaskin, and it's too late now anyway, but I kind of agree with you there how 
he might have just been a one-hit wonder there for the season. But I got I need uh, two out of three and a half point PPR uh, on the topic of the Bills. I picked up Dawson Knox. Usually, I don't trust tight ends unless it's Travis Kelsey or Kittle, but mm-hmm. he seems to be pretty consistent. I also have. Um, Julio Jones coming back from an injury, and then I have A.J. Green, who mm-hmm. wasn't great last week, but it seems like the Browns' secondary is not that good either. <sighs> so, yeah, this is a bit of a dilemma here, Isaac. So, Knox, Julio, and Green, right? You need one of those three? Uh, two of the three. Two of the three. All right. So, in that case, I think I would use Knox and Julio, and that's I'm with you. I don't really love using you know, that tight end in the flex spot most weeks because I just feel like there's more of an opportunity when I go with a wide receiver. But again, it always depends on your options here. And Julio returning this week, I think I would go ahead and use him. And, you know, Dawson Knox in that offense, I feel good about. A.J. Green, I think it's going to be kind of like playing a -a whack-a-mole here with the Cardinals, right? You've got so many different receiving options, and it's hard to necessarily pinpoint which guy's going to go off week in and week out. So it's like if you have basically, you know, if you're playing for the upside, fine, go ahead. But I prefer to have the guy who's in the better offense. And at some point, you're right. Dawson Knox, there's going to be a week here where, you know, he's not going to score a touchdown or two every single week, and you're going to be a little disappointed. But uh, that offense right now with the Bills and Josh Allen, everything he's doing looks so good that I feel good. I want, like I said, I want a piece of that offense in my lineup. So I would use Dawson Knox over A.J. Green this week, Isaac. Awesome. Appreciate it, Jeff. You have no a good one. No problem. You too. Let's try Ryan, who's in Oaklawn. What's up, Ryan? Hey, how you doing, man? Good. Love your guys' show. Um, I have a question, kind of a, a good situation to be in. I drafted really good uh, for wide receiver in like the ninth and tenth round. I grabbed uh, Debo and Hollywood Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, my starters are Mari Cooper, Scary Terry, and Mike Evans. Um, I'm lacking a little bit at running back. I got uh, Taylor and Mixon. Uh, starting with Damian Harris in the bench, I was just wondering if you have any suggestions on who I would be better off moving and what kind of value I'd be able to expect to get in return. I mean, a lot of these guys know I've drafted really well, and I'm just kind of a, a decent running back away from probably doing pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. So I just wanted to get your opinion. Uh, so, 12, team, 12, team, 12 team PPR. So, yeah, that's like I think every league is a little different, Ryan, too. Kind of, You have to kind of know your trade partners, you know, if it's if we're just going blind here. I think the smartest move is to look at a guy who is productive but also has the good name value, right? So in this situation, you know, if I'm you, if anybody want, if if Mike Evans is appealing, I he'd be the guy I'd be looking to move because he's got, you know, he's on the bucks, so that's a selling point. He's got a bigger name. But I think what you're seeing is that with Godwin and Antonio Brown, and then maybe if when Gronk gets back out there, even though I do believe he's, you know, uh, Evans is like he, the skills you can't you can't really deny. The problem is that I think week in and week out, he's it's going to be hard to say, yeah, he's the guy. And I'm, I am concerned that Antonio Brown is kind of becoming the favored target of Tom Brady now that he's finally working himself back in. And if when Gronk gets back out there, he's the red zone target that you have to be concerned about. So I do think that Mike Evans is kind of somebody who's like, you know, probably in line for 1,100 yards and maybe eight touchdowns, which is not bad, but it's not number one wide receiver type production. So he'd be the guy I'd be looking to move. But 
if you also have somebody who like desperately wants Terry McLaurin because of his name value, I'd be perfectly fine. Whichever guy gets you the running back you want, don't let that hold up the trade. You know what I'm saying? So like I basically whoever has the most value in your league of those wide receivers, go ahead and move that guy and then plug in the other guys that you've been using and just get the running back that you're targeting. You know, and if you have to go ahead and include Mixon or Taylor along with one of those wide receivers to make it happen. If you're like maybe looking at Kamara, you know, who's, you know, hasn't been as, you know, dynamic. I, I mean, I don't want to say he hasn't been as dynamic. He hasn't been uh, as dynamic in terms of the fantasy score sheet, but he still looks really good. The offense runs through him. So maybe Kamara is somebody who I would target, like if it, you know, a Mixon McLaurin type deal or Mixon and Evans, if that could get the deal done. You know what I'm saying? Awesome, man. I appreciate it. Thank All right. you. That, thank you, Ryan, for the call. I love uh, trade questions there. All right, 312-332-3776. One more segment to go. Get in now. Last chance to answer. Have your questions answered on ESPN 1000. Is your tight end in or out? Don't answer that. Is your backfield in good shape? Uh, never mind. Welcome back to ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. It's the Fantasy Football Show with Jeff Meller. Sunday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. Make sure that you wake up early with us here on ESPN 1000, the fantasy football show. I'm Jeff Meller. Quick shout-out to the uh, Spring Avenue camping crew up at Warren Dunes State Park in Michigan. I was told that they'd uh, be waking up early after a night of sleeping in tents, and they'd throw the speakers on and throw on the fantasy football show. So getting ready for that. Hopefully uh, they are having a good time They're all in a league together, too. What's up? Are they all in a league together, too? Yeah, you know what? Good question. I believe probably half of the boys who are in the uh, camp out are probably all in the same league. So yeah, plenty of them playing fantasy football though. So they're out there camping, uh, and uh, they were. They told me I was up there last night. They said they were going to throw the speakers on and uh, wake up to the fantasy football show. So. That's that's really camping at its best, if ever I've heard it, listening to Fantasy Football Breakdown at uh, 8 a.m. on a Sunday morning. Let's uh, quickly go out to Dan in Evergreen Park. What's up, Dan? Hey, Jeff. How you doing this morning? Very well. How you doing? Real good, thanks. Hey, I got a PPR, wide receiver. I'm already chasing points because of Thursday night. I need either Rondell Moore or Kadarius Toney. Beautiful. I love the way you lay it out because you are behind. Dan, for me, it's very easy. Kadarius, Tony. I know Rondale Moore has that explosive ability, but so does Tony. And I think what we saw last week, there's a possibility with Kenny Galladay, uh, you know, likely out that uh, Tony is going to be the receiving option for the Giants that they rely on. So I would go ahead and use Tony there. Let's try Ali in Rogers Park. What's up, Ali? Hey there, Jeff. Got to say, I love this show. Uh, I wanted to ask, I had um, um, the running back question. Mm-hmm. I was able to pick up Khalil Herbert, and then I still had Chubba Hubbard mm-hmm. and uh, um, Damian Harris, and then Tony Pollard. And you need one of those, Ali? I need one of those four. And then I was going to ask also, uh, any uh, uh, defenses you could recommend on the waiver wire? I got Dallas, but I'm not sure if, if that's a good 
Good one. Well, you know, I, I like the, so I would go ahead and use uh, Chuba Hubbard this week, Ali uh, Chuba Hubbard, um, because in Sorry. the PP, no, that's okay. In the, I just like to make sure that I get it correct in the PPR format. I think you want to go ahead and utilize him with those receptions. Still like Tony Pollard, but you know he's second on the depth chart behind Ezekiel Elliott. So when you have good options, I would use Hubbard. Um, Khalil Herbert didn't catch any passes last week, so that's why I take, he takes the hit there. And then Damian Harris, you know, he's going to play today, but with that rib injury, I'd be concerned. As far as defenses, look, I like the matchup for the Cowboys. They've been really good so far this season, and against the Patriots, you know, I know the Patriots are solid, but they are, or at least you expect them to be solid, but they really haven't been great. So in terms of any defense that I'd be looking at, quickly skimming it over, you know, maybe the Denver Broncos, if they're available, I've seen them available in some leagues um, against Vegas without Gruden doing the play calling. I'd be interested to maybe try and pick on them outside of that. I don't know if there's anything that jumps off the page at me, maybe the Colts to try and pick on the Texans who uh, have placed Laramie Tunsil on injured reserve. So that could be some, then you could look at as well. All right, folks, that it just about does it for me here on the Fantasy Football Show, as always, brought to you by Twin Peaks. Don't worry, though, I'll be back at 10 o'clock with Dion Miller to preview the Bears and Packers this morning, 10 to 2, the Points Bet Sportsbook pregame show. Can't wait to uh, break it all down with Dion here. And up next, though, it is the odds couple. So Carmen DeFalco and Mike North will give you the best plays of the week. Don't forget, follow ESPN 1000 Chicago on Twitch. Watch us live and join the chat. Thanks so much for joining us today. Make sure you're back next week at 8 a.m. every Sunday morning, the Fantasy Football Show.